0: Welcome to episode 14 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Hey everyone, welcome along. Just uh, letting you know that we we're over in France with John and the boys and we're going to be doing lots of interviews in today's shows. now sometimes the mic connection or the internet connection prolonged people's voices when they talked but it's not too bad so just persevere with it throughout the show and uh bring it on here's john and here's the actual show starting right now hey everyone welcome along to iron man talk episode we up to number 14 uh, with coach john Newsom and bevan james isles how are you going john pretty good mate pretty good just sitting in the little, little lobby here remote. Hopefully
1: there's not too much background noise because there's people everywhere yelling and screaming, but uh, thanks to the wireless,
0: we've got a good connection. Oh, sensational, mate. So um, how are you finding it? How's it all going over there?
1: Very good. Yeah, we've, we're into, uh, today was day eight, and uh, as the guys will hear in the show later on, we're interviewing a few of the guys. Everybody's holding up pretty well, and uh, yeah, a few days to go, but uh, so far so good. No major catastrophes.
0: <laughs> so just for the record, guys, we're actually not going to do the normal type of show today. We're actually just going to do interviews. So we've interviewed uh, Scott Molina, a guy called Kim Wallace from America, and also Gordo. And we're just basically going to spend time talking to them about Epic Camp. And, uh, but for John, how are you finding the coordinating of this camp in comparison to the other camps you've done, mate?
1: Oh, I tell you, it's, I'm as tired as the athletes. It's really been very full on. I've been up at uh, 5 o'clock most days, getting to bed around about 10.30 and uh, it's just go, go, go all day, and uh, people asking questions all the time, just organising. So it's been hard work, but today was a bit easier, and tomorrow's pretty uh, pretty much a recovery day tomorrow, and then the next day is, is, is relatively easy as well, and then we're sort of making our way home. So, yeah, it's been challenging, but that's what it's all about. Um, you know, the support crew, uh, they get a lot out of this. It's quite motivating to see the, the guys really pushing themselves to the limits.
0: Yep. Do you... Um... Do you get have you had any rides yourself, mate?
1: I have. I uh, I've done. I was planning on riding today, but it didn't happen. But I uh, I did one ride which I really desperately wanted to do, which was uh, going over the Cold Col de and Luzardi Dent, and it was a hundred and eighty k ride. And uh, the, the Tourmalet is probably the most famous of the climbs in the Pyrenees, so I really wanted to get that in, and uh, it didn't disappoint. I, I cracked pretty badly. It was, <laughs> uh, it was pretty it was pretty woeful. I, I was um. There's one guy in the camp called Mike Montgomery, and he's really been cleaning everybody out in the King of the Mountains. And uh, Gordo was desperately keen to try and beat him uh, up the Tourmalade because we had King of the Mountains points. So uh, on the last camp, I helped out Scott Molina on uh, one of the King of the Mountains climbs. So this time I was going to try and help out Gordo and uh, we started the climb, it's uh, about an 18-kilometer climb, yeah. and uh, I got a bit excited. My, my one five-hour ride that I did in preparation for camp wasn't quite enough, but, but I, I got up the front and uh, Mike attacked, and I bridged up to him with Gordo, and I uh, was pacing Gordo and then dropped Gordo, and, uh, and then I was fine with Mike riding just sort of about 15 meters behind him. And uh, as you go up the tourmalay, the way we came up, you come to a ski station at uh, Le Mange, which is uh, they often have tour the tour stages finishing there. But it's actually you know the 3k to the top. And by the time I got there, I, I was uh, I was still looking pretty good. Gordo had come past me, but the, I was keeping them both in sight. And I hit Le Mange, which is uh, about 14k into the climb, and I just fell to pieces. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. <laughs> and, uh, I, I looked back and there was nobody within sight. I could see back probably a kilometre and there was nobody even close. So I thought I was sweet. I'll, I'll get to the top third. And uh, by the time I got to the top, Scott came past me with about a hundred, two hundred metres to go. Like I wasn't even standing. I was just <laughs> completely dead on my feet. And I was in. When when we came over here, I thought um, you know looking at the gearing we had. I had a a thirty nine on the front and a twenty eight. Uh, chain uh, 28 ring on the back yep. and I was using that for the majority of the ride. it was just uh, it was brutal and, and at the top I was shaking and it wasn't pretty I tell you Bevan <laughs> <laughs> so how are you finding <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then okay, you go and and then we uh, we basically came down the other side and uh, then headed up another of the famous Col- Coles Liz and uh, we got then we got pelted by hail and rain oh, and guys yeah. were just about getting hypothermia but uh it was all part of the challenge Everybody We got down the climb and uh and it made for some good stories.
0: Oh, that's sensational, mate. You're a legend. <laughs> yeah. So um and so how the how you're finding the athletes are finding this in comparison to other camps? Is it very similar or are there any differences? Uh Scott Um yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: Well, um, yeah, I, I, I had a chat to one of the guys who was at Australia and uh, he was saying he found Epic Australia a bit harder um, but Gordo seems to think that France, is a lot, this camp has been a lot harder than any other camp. So th- this camp, is more than any of the other ones, has very much been a cycling emphasis. Uh, we've been doing less swimming and less, less running. Still been running and swimming every day but just doing huge, huge time on the bike. You know, the, the distance we're covering is um, probably nowhere near as great as some of the other camps but... For example, the day we rode to Font-Remo, uh, some of the guys left at 8.30 in the morning. We, we got up, we did an aquathon, they left at 8.30 in the morning and they rolled into font at 7.30 at night. So they had been on the road for 11 hours on the bike. Wow. Um, so there's been some massive, massive days on the bike. Um, but you know, the, the guys, it's a real test of character and, uh, and they'll come out of the side of this camp you know, mentally so much stronger and there's, there's the obvious physical benefits as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's got Any
0: funny stories, mate?
1: Um, we've had one guy crash twice. He's, uh, he, he crashed on about day two or day three, and then he decided to crash again uh, a couple of days ago and he smashed his back wheel. Oh, no. Um, yeah, there's been a few stories rolling around. Scott Molina got beaten up one of the climbs by one of his athletes, one of his young athletes. He wasn't uh, too thrilled about that because <laughs> Scott's generally been third, third to the top one of the guys he coaches beat him up. Um, yeah, there's always uh, plenty of funny stories, but a lot of the time what goes on tour stays on tour. But, That's right, fair uh, people enough. Do want to check out, check, if people want to check out what has been going on, if you go to epiccamp.com, we've got quite a few photos up there, and um, myself and uh, Scott and a few of the campers have been writing up blogs up there, yeah. um, so sort of, sort of giving some more insight to, to how things have been going.
0: I'll bring it on. Yeah. Um... Sweet, mate. So you got four more days to go, and then what, coming home? Or what are you doing after that?
1: Yeah, so we finish the camp on Friday night back in Poe. We make our way back there, and then uh, we have a bit of a party on Friday night, and then the athletes start leaving on Saturday and Sunday. Then I leave on uh, Monday. It takes me about two and a half days to get home. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, the plan is for us to maybe try and do a, a podcast from... Uh, from Singapore Airport. <laughs> yeah.
0: John's going to me earlier, oh, we'll do it from Singapore Airport, I've got a whole day there, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just saw... be a really
1: long podcast.
0: Yeah, he's got like, how long have you got there, seven hours? Uh, I've got about 12 hours. Oh, really? <laughs> uh. Hey, we we'll just have a quick look at the results from last weekend, and uh, before we go into the interviews. So we had our Roth up, did you see the results from that? Yeah, we had a good look through those, because uh, we've got quite a few
1: guys who uh, got Quite close relationships with some of the people racing there, so great to see Chris McCormick giving a uh, giving. Another, I think it was his third or fourth win in a row. Third, it was his third. He yeah, didn't, didn't quite crack the eight-hour mark. No, third, he did eight eight hours and 52 seconds. So I think he has gone under eight hours there. But that was a pretty awesome performance. Um, but for me, really, the performance of the day was uh, Kieran Doe coming in third. You know, we, we've talked about him quite a bit as being a bit of a nutter and, and uh, hammering the swim of the bike. But I haven't seen his run split. But he obviously, obviously, it together reasonably well, and yeah, third and only 10 minutes behind you know, Ferris and uh, Ferris and, and Chris was uh, that, that's a real coming of age for him. So, who knows what he's gonna do later in the year?
0: We ca- he came in at uh, two hours 59 51, so he got just in under three hours on the runs.
1: That's a good split. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's that's pretty awesome, mate. Eh? And like, we must be good luck, I reckon, because <laughs> we only talked about him <laughs> for. I think we're good luck for Kiwis in particular, because um, yeah, because yeah. we only talked to him about him a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, definitely, he had a great race, didn't he? Um, Klaus he and also, Klaus. Uh, I think
1: he ran two forty-five. So yeah. I think he wow. ran up from eighth into fourth. So he's, um, he's had some health issues earlier this year. And uh, talking to Gordo, who, who coach, coaches him, he uh, had these health issues and he, he had to have quite a bit of time off, completely off. And when he came back from that, he was, uh, he was on fire. Uh-huh. And so I think that's a good, good, um, a good sort of message that, you know, having some, some forced time off every now and then is not necessarily a bad thing. And he came back uh, stronger than he's ever been before. Uh, he won the Swedish duathlon champs. And then he's obviously gone on to have a fantastic race at uh, Roth.
0: Yeah. Hey, one thing about classes is that it's obvious his swimming is his um downfall and he had quite a slow swim. He was basically eight minutes behind the top guys on the swim, which um yeah probably cost him on the bike as well. And he's, he's a real example of the person who great athlete. He, yeah, that swimming really does hold you back at that level, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So um but you know, fourth good little payday for him, so I'm yeah. sure he'll be pretty happy about that.
0: Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um Justin Shields was also had, uh, there.
1: Joe Law. Oh, how'd you go? Joe Lorne won the girls, so that was fantastic. And uh, Belinda Granger. So Belinda Granger was second. I think they came off the bike together, uh, and then Joe outran Belinda by, um, I think, roughly 10 minutes. And then uh, I think it was Karen Holloway in third. So great result for Joe Lorne. You know, she's obviously probably still pretty disappointed about Ironman New Zealand the way that went I mean she obviously won the race but it wasn't an Ironman so great for her to get a win under her belt um, do, you, do you know what time she, she did? did I her couldn't find the time? I think she did nine hours flat or very very close to nine hours she didn't go under nine hours though so yeah. it's a pretty fast time um, yeah. so So, you know, the signs for her are pretty good for Hawaii. I'm sure she's going to be desperately keen to get on the podium this year. She's had some fourths and fifths in Hawaii, so uh, I'm sure she'll want to step it up uh, and get
0: get onto that podium this year. Yeah, bring it on. Um, And we also had, uh, wait a second, I'm trying to find it on my internet here, we had Switzerland last weekend, and then the chick side of things, Rebecca Preston took it out.
1: Yeah, she won um, Ironman UK last year, so... Um, she's obviously having a pretty good 12 months, but I, I do know she raced somewhere else, didn't she, recently? Didn't she do Lanzarote, I think, we had her yeah, up? Yeah, And uh, she didn't, didn't have such a good race there, so maybe she's not so strong on the hills, um, but, you know, it's a good, good good, race to go and win Switzerland.
0: And on the male side of things, we had our Stefan Reisen took it out. we' a pretty fast race, actually. Yeah. Did 8.16.50. Yeah, That's
1: good. It's a, yeah, it's a fast time for that course. It's not, not a particularly fast course, so... Uh, Well done to him. And there was
0: uh, who who was second, third? Uh, We had uh, Mathis Hitch. And I'm just putting you on the spot here, like <laughs> I <need his> <laughs> and, and, uh, and someone else, <laughs> the, um, Jared, Jared Chanel's,
1: Chanel's, or something like that. Ch- Cheneals. Cheneals. Uh, he, uh, his name's po- popped up a couple of times this year as well. I know he's been pretty consistent. So. You may, you may, um, no, really like, you. You, you may have noticed I didn't
0: You may have noticed I didn't announce the the chicks <laughs> side of things. But anyway, yeah. uh, let's progress. So, um, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you look. Are you when you're over there, mate? And you're doing all this stuff. Do you kind of get envious? Do you do you kind of get a bit jealous of the fact you can't be doing it yourself?
1: Uh, some days I do. I would have I would have been really disappointed if I hadn't got to do the bike that I did up uh, the Tour um but I was pretty happy to do that. I'm still doing a little bit of swimming and running, and uh, I did an aquathon. We had an aquathon the other day, and I paced Gordo around that. He got first in that, and I sort of paced him around. So that was quite fun. Yeah. So I do a little bits and pieces here and there. Um, but no, it's uh, it's it's just good hard work for me, and yeah. uh, I'll be back training with you when I get back to Christchurch.
0: Yeah, bring it on, actually. Actually, we've got a, I've got a training weekend we can do if you want, but anyway, it's, it's, it's not, it's not Ironman <laughs> talk stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to get into the interviews. Um, we're just going to put them up. We've got one with Scott, and then we've got one with a guy called Ken Wallace, and lastly, we've got a good interview with Gordo. And uh, yeah, so what do you got on today, mate? You get down and down to the pub with the rest of the boys?
1: It is. It's uh, 10 to 9 at night now, so I'm just going to give Wifey a quick call. Oh, you're and, a good man. Uh, and then I'll probably head down to the pub, got to do a bit of washing, and then um, into bed and uh, maybe have a little bit of a sleep in tomorrow. We've, we've got the uh, morning off, really, and then
0: uh, got some a few activities tomorrow afternoon. Oh, you don't get don't have too many beers tonight, mate. No, I won't. Well, what do they drink over there? What do you drink for beer?
1: Uh, a bit of Leff. Scott Lef. has been trying out every different sort of beer. I've been... Uh, been trying to buy him a different sort of six-pack every uh, every day or two, yeah. and he gets through that. We actually um, yesterday we rode up a, a climb called La Molina, and uh, Scott stopped at the top and had a beer at the top of La Molina. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be uh, we, there's not a huge amount of alcohol that's being um, drunk around here, to be honest. But just a few beers here and there. But I uh, dare say at the end of the camp we'll be having a few celebratory uh, wines.
0: You probably won't have to buy much alcohol. I imagine the boys will get drunk pretty quick. I know. They're cheap dates. <laughs> cheap dates. <laughs> oh, they're old beer goggles, eh? Right, mate, well, um, I'm just going <laughs> to follow on with the show right now. So um, good luck for the rest of the camp, mate. I'll um, catch up with you in Singapore next week where the show will be back to normal for everyone out there. And, uh, yeah, you have a go on, mate. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Cool, thanks. So first up, we had an interview with Scott Molina, and uh, we touched on a few of the Epic Camp things here, Scott, right now. Okay, guys, so we've got uh, Scott Molina here, for all the way from France, and uh, how are you feeling, Scott? I'm okay.
2: We had a very, very big day uh, riding through Andorre today, to the one of the highest passes in Europe at 2,400 meters, Ooh. Um, but we had great weather, great weather today, so a big, big day out, but a fantastic day.
0: So are you swimming in the morning as well still? yeah we've been swimming every single
2: day. We haven't missed a day yet uh They have a fabulous indoor fifty meter pool here at font Rameau uh It's at six thousand feet but it's a it's a beautiful pool and so we're in the pool uh every morning at six a m and then you' how long did you ride for today? Today was one hundred and eighty k uh for those who did the just the the normal scheduled ride but uh, the gorillas who are going for
0: the <laughs> points competition. They tacked on a little bit afterwards. Oh, wow. Feeling a bit keen. So how are you feeling overall with this, this stage into the camp?
2: I'm okay now. I had a, quite a bit of problems with my back uh, early on. Uh, the amount of climbing that we've done is just just far out, more than I've ever done in my life, even when I lived in Colorado. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, and so, um, so I, had a, I had a bit of problems with my back early on, but, but today I had probably my best day on the
0: bike yet. And so, what, what, is there an advantage to doing the, the more hill-climbing?
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, the is yeah
0: for how, sure. Uh, I mean, the,
2: you know, it's, you, you've got to keep your watts up. Uh, you've got to work hard just to get up the mountains, you mm-hmm. know. So there's, there's, you just can't cruise here. There's yep. just no way.
0: So in comparison to other epic camps, how you, you know, if you were to compare, not that I suppose they're all unique in their own ways, but if you were to compare, how would you rate this one overall so far? overall it's longer for sure um
2: i underestimated the the length of the rides uh the average speeds are so slow because yeah. of the, the amount of vertical gain we have yeah uh so overall uh for instance most guys did between 50 and 55 hours the first week
0: oh well it's pretty crazy yeah. isn't it yeah and and now they last they're holding up yeah they're doing alright so how many more yeah. days are- yeah they how go many ahead. more days have you guys got to go? Sorry, I missed that. Oh, how many days have you guys le- got left in the uh, camp from this stage?
2: We uh, we're today. Let's see. I get lost sometimes. We're, we're at Monday today, Monday night, yeah, and we
0: finish up Friday night. Okay. So we have four more days. Four more days. So now that you're saying that you've done this is the most amount of climbing you've probably ever done, what what have you gained from that? You know, what have you learnt? through that experience? Well, two things.
2: One, one is you, you develop a certain a patience for it. Uh, you know, uh, if, if you know you've got a two-hour climb coming up, uh, you, you just psychologically, you know, you, you, you just develop a different level of patience for it. Uh, like today, we finished the ride with another one-hour climb. and. And you know it's coming up and so you just settle in uh find your rhythm and and wait till you get there you know yeah. and and i think for, for 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 ironman racing you know the the pacing issues
0: the, the patience that you get from that is is invaluable this is a really good lesson yeah yeah and you see two things the second thing patience uh Pacing, pacing, and patience. Oh, pacing patient <laughs> <But mostly> patience. <laughs> patience. patience. And, I mean, you know, uh, go ahead. Oh no, no, you go, you go.
2: Yeah, an an eight an eight hour day is not going to be done in any less than eight hours. And yeah. so you know, you just can't you can't rush it, and uh, yeah. you
0: just have to just you just have to settle in and, and relax. Mm. So how are you finding nutritionally things over there going for the guys? Um. Good, good. We've um. Started to see a few cracks
2: in the nutrition plan. People going for more sweets, uh, more sugar, um, just whatever is available and it's quick. Uh, the first the first few days were great. Um, um
0: but now you know now it's sort of anything goes really, as it just gets some energy in. To um. Yeah. Do you find that? yeah you know for the newer the newer person on the camp, the person who's never done a lot you know lot less experience than the others, how are they finding that in comparison to the other ones
2: um i think I think they're finding they're surprising themselves every day they're surprising themselves with uh, the level of speed that they can they can maintain when they thought they couldn't even get out of bed you know, in the morning yeah um and they have highs and lows they have highs and lows each day. But they do have some highs every day uh, where they get going at a decent pace. And, um, and I think m- most of the people who haven't done the camps before are surprised yeah. that they can do that when they're so,
0: so tired. And, and personally, how do you find it? Do you find it hard to keep the motivation up? No,
2: I, this is what I love to do. You know, I, this, I, I, I don't do this for, for a job or a living. It's just, I, could, I can do many other things. Uh, you know, uh, this is just an optional extra for me. Yep. Um, yeah, I just, I just like enjoy. I enjoy the challenge of, of setting some arbitrary route and say, okay, let's hammer it. Let's yep. see
0: what we can do. But do you have days? I know you, you know, you're a bit of a legend, Scott. And I know, do you have days where you do find it a little bit harder? And what do you? What's kind of the process you maybe go through in those days?
2: Um. Well, I'm I'm pretty worn out, so I I, I have some injuries where, where, like my back, for instance, that, yeah. you know, I think I wonder I wonder if uh if I'm, I'm 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 speeding up the aging process here. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, at the same time, I, you know, I go over a mountain top and, and and I feel I feel like a million dollars. So, so I I try to focus on the good parts, you know, the the parts where. Or have great energy, and it's just, it's just a fabulous thing to do. Yeah. and really absorb the experience. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just. Um, you know, it's, I, I I keep thinking each time I go over a a pass. You know, this may be the last time I ever ride this in my life. Yeah. So look around, enjoy, and take it in.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Do you plan to do any races, you know, after this, after like leading from this epic camp to maybe go towards doing a race? Um, not me, not no, not me personally. Yeah. Um, almost everybody else does actually, but yeah. but I don't. Um,
2: all all these people race. Uh, yeah. uh many have some coming up soon, like Ironman Lake Placid, which is two weeks after the camp finishes. <laughs> and, and people are going. Yeah, so people are going to Hawaii. People are going to Wisconsin. You know, yeah. there's there's people. There's everybody's got plenty of races lined up. But this is your
0: big thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, anything else you want to add? I think it would be able to let you go. But is there anything else you just want to add before?
2: No, we're off to the pub. It's just around the corner, and uh, uh, there everybody's waiting on me. <laughs> so I'm the social director. This is a very very. This is a very important part of the camp Obviously. and we got to get to it
0: oh, I'll leave you till you guys have a beer for me I'm in, I'm in bed right now in New Zealand so um, got up purely for you boys so you guys have a good time and uh, thanks for your time Scott and uh, good luck for the rest of the camp Thanks uh, Next up we had Ken Wallace and Ken Wallace was, actually wrote a race report for us a few weeks ago I can't actually recall what race it was on but he wrote a race report for us and a really good thorough race report and uh, so here's Ken, bring it on so we've got Ken Wallace who is from America and he was originally from Philly and he's currently in New York but he's actually going to California to do business school. So uh, how are you going Ken? Pretty good, getting better, surviving. Surviving, <laughs> John was telling me you were struggling a little bit early on but you're starting to kick in big time now.
3: Oh my gosh, week one was pretty rough and I had some bad patches going through my... Uh, going through the big days, but uh, I think I've through, come through the other side okay, and so, uh, started to put it to the boys today.
0: So can you, can you talk me through it one, you know, can you tell me maybe day by day how you
3: found it? Yeah, sure, uh, so day one I think was our, one of our longest days, um, and I had come in pretty uh, you know, jet-lagged and hungover, I'd gone out the night before, the last, it was my last night in uh, New York City, so I went out. And uh, just wasn't ready to start the camp, and you know, Gordo sets the pace from the front, and <laughs> he goes. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's it's everything you can do to try to hold on. And we went over some little climbs, some big climbs. It's just a long day in the saddle, so it progressively got tired, more tired and more tired as it went on. Um, for the first week, and we went over some big mountains. I spent some uh, some of my longest rides on this trip <laughs> ever. Yep. You know, I put in 50 hours the first week, and that's I think three times my biggest week so far yeah. this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's pretty crazy. Is one day in particular
0: stands out in the first week?
3: Oh yeah. I mean, day five was when I saw the camp. Was always going to be the big one. We went in over the Tormolei, the Cold Aspen, and then the pair of sword. And uh, wow. that was the first day that kind of the slower guys started to get scared that they weren't going to make it through the whole day. Yeah. Um, because that's, you know, I think it was 180 Ks. Yep. And uh, over some pretty major climbs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we have to get done by 7 p.m. We started, uh, I guess we started the bike at 8 or 9, and we had to get done by 7 p.m. So the slower guys, you know, we're averaging 20 Ks per hour, yeah. and yeah. that puts us right towards the limit. So uh, we organized a little groupetto, a group lantern rouge, as we called it, yeah. <laughs> um, and went out a little early and kept the pace sane. Uh, so uh, we got it done, and I uh, kept it snappy. We skipped lunch, rolled right through lunch, and uh, and got it done. So I know that the Epic Camp is mainly based on cycling, but how are you finding the swimming and the running each day? Um, I come from a swim background, so the swim is not a big... Uh, big thing for me it's just kind of float through it get it done yeah. um and then the run is is all mental you know it's, it's good for triathlon training cuz you can really you know get it after these huge long bike rides it takes some pretty big mental strength to get put your running shoes on and get out there yeah um, so that's, I mean, that's really been a big help. It's not like you're trying to go fast or hard on the runs. Just do it. Uh, if you just get it done, um, some people, but then again, I'm just putting in the minimums, you know, 50 minutes. Some guys, uh, Mike Montgomery and Gordo are running two hours as often as they can, you know, to try to get extra points. Gordo went 2.30 yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. That was a five-point run. <laughs> so I'm not doing any of that. I mean, I, I would I would risk some serious injury if I did that. So but, do you guys uh, uh, jump straight off the bike and then go for a run, or do you actually have a rest and go for a run? Or uh, I've been trying to do about a five minute transition. You know, get some nutrition in you before you go out there, so just to make sure that you don't bonk on the run. Yep. Um, and sometimes we've been we've been running first to make sure that we get it done. Yep. Yep.
0: Do you find um how are you finding nutrition on the bike first of all you know like when you're actually training how are you finding maintaining that
3: yeah well i had a real trouble i had real problems with that early on i think that's why i had a tough day on uh, on day 6 that was the uh, the ride that we did to font Rameau and we made a wrong turn early on the the group, Lenten Rouge, made a wrong turn, like right out of town. Oh, no. We went 16Ks the wrong way. Had to turn around and go uh, back. So that was already going to be a 200K ride. Uh, we just no. turned it into a 230. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and I, you know, I, the, the French the, the French don't need a lot of protein in the morning. So that's been rough uh, to try to get in the ro- protein. But now that we're here at Font Remote, I've kind of sorted that out. And uh, I found some power bars, and I brought some goose, and I used those today. And that, that really sorted me out straight today.
0: Yep. So what are you actually eating on the bike when you know when you're doing these long rides?
3: Uh, well, usually I just do carbo CarboPro, um, water. But today, uh, I mean, they don't have that here, yeah. so uh, I've been trying to use whatever I can get. You know, just they've they've got Pro Four uh, here for the hydration and then the gels, and that's been pretty good. Uh, but all the other bars that they've been managing they've managed to scrounge around or mostly, you know, muesli bars and they're basically worthless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's it's been rough, now they've found some power bars and I think I'm okay with, with using those. It's yep. so amazing how great they taste after, if your normal stuff tastes after you, uh, you've you been off it for a while.
0: And how often, uh, how often are you eating on the bike?
3: Uh, as often as you can, as, as often as you feel good. Um, I, I, my watch stopped working, so I haven't really been monitoring it, but every every time I think that I need to eat, yep. I do. Yep. And you um, know, we also stop for lunch, um, yep. so during the day, during the rides, we'll still have a brief stop just for a good fuel up before the second, and those John does a good job of trying to uh, organize those so they're on a descent sense that we can actually uh, digest those.
0: In sleeping, are you finding you pretty much get home and crash, or are you finding sleeping hard? Like, What's your sleeping pattern like?
3: Yeah, sleeping is a bit a bit hard, um, especially here at altitude. The first night we got here, um, I think we're at 2,000 meters or something like that, which is just on the edge of being high, and you can start to feel it. Yeah. Um, the first night I was struggling for breath, and it was it was hard to to, uh, to go to sleep. But uh, and also we've been do, doing a lot of naps. So every time I get home off the bike, you know, I'll do the run and then crash. You know, or after the swim, we'll have a, a couple hour break, come and do a do a nap. So we get a lot of sleep. Um, but during the night, you know, I am so hydrated I get up a couple times to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But yeah, sleeping's been uh, been a challenge and it's definitely key. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it is, isn't it? What about motivation? How, you're finding it hard to motivate yourself day and, you know, these epic camps are so challenging because just day in, day out, you're absolutely killing yourself. How do you find the motivational side of things?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, it's tough for me the first week, it was toughest on, on the bike during those long climbs because, you know, before I started riding with Monica, I was off the back and, you know, everyone's up the front and feel like you need to be trying to push it harder, but you have to just go your own pace. Yep. Um, so motivation was low and you just have to try to get up the climbs. But now that we've, some people have come, kind of come back to my pace, I've kind of gone ahead. You just you just go for it. And as far as getting up in the morning, um, you know everyone else is doing it. You know. So there's a lot of peer pressure that goes on. Yeah. I think Colm is the biggest uh the biggest uh you know he's had the most problems with peer pressure. He'll just go on the rides no matter how he feels. I think Gary's the same way. They just go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't take it. Take it. Uh, t- take stock of how they really feel. They, if the group's gone, they're gone. So, yeah. um, so there's that. And then there's also the point system. So if you skip something, you lose out on that point. Um, and, and there's there's bonus points. So there's 20 points if you only miss one workout for, for over the 10 day period. Yeah. that we're really training. I've already I've already missed my two workouts, so I'm out of the running for those 20 points. But the point system really does help you with your motivation.
0: Ah oh, that's good so overall um what what do you think you're gaining an experience that you can take forward as an Ironman athlete into racing and just overall training based on what you've learned over maybe this last seven or eight days
3: well i'm I'm kind of gearing up for Canada, and I think it's a good uh there's a good break of time between yep. now and then, so the camp's going to end i think uh, six or eight weeks before Canada. And it is uh, August 27th, so I'm, I can't do the math on that right now. I'm a little yep. fried, but uh, <laughs> I think it's six or eight weeks. So it should be a good time for recovery and a good time that I can do a like, three or four-week build-up and then a good taper. Yep. Um, so, I mean, after this, Ironman's going to be easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're doing, you know, nine, ten-hour days every day yeah. for two weeks. You know, <laughs> we're not necessarily doing the distances, but, but you're training that long for, you know, for two weeks, and it, it really has you know opened my eyes as to what's possible with myself and um, you know with other training groups, um, but also you know made some pretty good friends here. So I hope to keep in touch with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott was saying I just talked to Scott a minute ago, and he was saying how one thing he feels is a good lesson through Epic Camp is that the the power of pacing, and that you have to realize you have to pace. And do you find you've picked that up yourself?
3: yeah (laughs) Uh, the first week I mean we tried to all stay together as a group and you know at the back of a pace line uh, when you go over a little hill the front stretches out and the back kind of is left stuck to try to close the gap yeah so I was found myself at the back of the pace lines the whole time just trying to like motor back to the to the the wheel all the time and just blowing myself up yeah (laughs) so we've we've Kind of developed our, our second little group that we you know paced it a little more even. It's easier with the smaller group um, to keep everyone together. So I mean yeah, especially going up the climbs. Monica and I have been doing a, ri- a lot of riding together uh, up the up the climbs, just pacing each other and keeping it keeping it um, manageable. <laughs> I think going up these 13. 13- and you know, 12 and 13 percent grades. It's uh, all you can do to just keep moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget about your heart rate monitor. Just turn it off. Just get up the hill. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's true. On these long days, you really have to gauge your effort. Uh, but I felt good today, so just tried to try to rip it. And uh, lastly, what are you and, what are you uh, looking you forward to? Oh, sorry.
0: Uh, what are you looking forward to over? You know, you've got four days to go. What you know, you're looking forward to these last four days, and you got any thoughts on what's coming up?
3: Yeah, so tomorrow we've got an open morning, so I think a lot of people are going to go for some big points. I'm going to try to do a 6K swim. I Haven't done one of those yet on the camp, so that'll be a good, good five-pointer, I think. Yep. Uh, and then we have an aquathon, uh, which should be good for me because I'm kind of a yep. stronger on the swim, a little good on the on the on the run. So hope to place well in that. And then uh, the day after is our activities day, so I think there's a 400 IM. We do 100 for time. 400, I mean. <laughs> yeah, 400. It could get ugly. I think we're going to try to get some video of that <laughs> to see some of the fly that these guys are going to try to put out. Uh, could could be pretty comical. Um, so there's that. And I think there's a there's a rope climb schedule. I'm not so keen on the rope climb, but uh, should be a fun activities day. And yeah. then we have two days of just riding back to Poe, just uh, nice and conversational. So should be a uh, good next couple days.
0: Oh, cool, well thanks for your time Ken, um, I hope you enjoy it and I hope uh, we probably will probably get a chance to talk to you uh, before Canada, so yeah, good luck in Canada and kick some butt over there and uh, yeah, once again thanks for your time and good luck for the rest of the camp.
3: Yeah thanks for having I really appreciate it.
0: Our last interview in today's show is with the legend of the game Gordo, the man with so much insight, um, but I, I, we went into a little bit of Epic Camp stuff and also just to touched on a couple of things outside of Epic Camp which I'm sure you'll find really interesting, so here's Gordo.
4: We've got Gordo here on Epic Camp, and uh, how are you feeling, Gordo? Feeling pretty good. Surprisingly good, actually. Yeah. So,
0: I talked to Scott earlier, and I, a question I asked him, and I asked you as well, was how is this Epic Camp in comparison to the other ones you've ran?
4: I think this one is probably the hardest one we've put together so far. Um, the The climbing's been... Really, really tough, and so just to get up everything, all the guys are having to do a lot of hard cycling every day, and then to top it off, uh, a few of us have been going pretty darn hard on some of the climbs as well. So it's been it's been pretty solid. The, the nice thing about doing the really big volume on the bike is that you don't get beat up as bad as if you're doing really high volume running. So in general, the condition of the lads is really good. Um, Nobody's sick. Everybody's still hitting almost all the sessions. I mean we had a massive day today and everybody got through no worries. Yeah. Uh, so it's been really good. And you personally how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I I took four weeks off after Brazil, didn't do anything. Um basically did about six hours training the week before Epic and then just boom, slammed straight into it. I was pretty conservative on the first couple of days because I made that mistake in other camps, had gone, gone out too hard and really suffered. And, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling great now. I'm in my, uh, had a look at my numbers on my power meter after the ride today, and it was my highest 90-minute power for any ride ever. Oh wow! Uh, when we did the, we did a, we did the biggest climb of the t- tour uh, today. And it was it was about a six thousand foot climb, and we went uh, went right up through Andorra, I finished off at about eight thousand feet, and it was it was fantastic. I mean, it was a uh, we were fortunate. The wind just seemed to keep swinging behind us, so it was uh, it was our highest average speed ride. But just to give a feel for the, the highest average speed ride, was it was 30 k an hour, for the front guys, and oh. that was with Scott pulling us. For the first 70k, we, which we did in an hour 45, so well, we averaged we did 70k holding 40k an hour uh, to kick off. That was sort of the leading group, and then Michael Peters went to the front and hit it pretty hard, and and then it kind of, and then uh, I just went for it with about an hour and a half to go to the to the top, and so it was uh, it was really really good day. I mean a lot of we were good weather. Uh, it was a hot day in the lowlands, but once we got, we were up pretty high for most of the day, so it was pretty cool.
0: And do you find you're getting that high? Obviously, the natural high that comes with those kind of efforts. Uh,
4: you know, we haven't, the, I felt the altitude a bit today once I went over 2,000 meters. We haven't done any really hard running efforts or any really hard swimming efforts here at uh, Fall Rameau. And I think when we have our activities day, that's when some of the guys are going to kind of really notice the altitude because one of the things we have is a uh, 2K uh, uphill mountain run uh, that we're going to do with the lads. And, and I think we're going to see some people really kind of feel the altitude there and the combination of fatigue and a bit of the thinner air. Well, some of the guys came from Colorado, so you know we're, we're about the same level as Boulder right now. So if the guys were pre-acclimatized, they're they're uh, they're doing well here. But some of the guys that came from sea level feel it a bit more.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, what, what are the gains that you believe uh, people get from Epic Camp?
4: The the main the main gain that that the athletes get if you take the first week and the first week's really about physical gains the uh you know all that bike volume removing all their non-training stress so they can just focus on training i think the guys get a physical benefit somewhere in the first uh, somewhere along the lines in the first week it shifts more to mental gains which is you know being totally shagged uh, five hours into a seven or eight hour ride. Yeah. And then just the group environment gets going and you find that you're able to go pretty darn hard, harder than you thought possible for about an hour for something uh for a KOM or something like that. Yeah. Um as well waking up in the morning being pretty tired and knowing you got a nine hour day in front of you and getting through that. Yeah. <laughs> um those e- e- epic's like a twelve hour sorry, a twelve day event. Whereas Ironman is just a one-day event, and I, and I think something the guys take from the camp is it brings Ironman into perspective. When you know that you've done, you know across 12 days, you've you've done say seven or eight days where you were out there for anywhere from seven to 10 hours, mm-hmm. um, it makes Ironman seem a lot more manageable. I think for a lot of these guys that don't do the big training, you know, their longest day might be five hours or something like that. So you're really going into the unknown on race day. Yeah. And he, here, I mean, it's a known entity. You, you know what it's going to feel like when you're totally shagged. You, you and it removes that emotional component of fatigue, kind of that panic. You know, oh, am I going to collapse? Am I going to blow up? I'm so tired. All that stuff just goes, and you just accept the fatigue and you just keep moving forward. And that's kind of where you get to, it's, uh, I, I mean, it, it feels peaceful to me. Um, my buddy KP, his wife says I'm confusing peace <laughs> with exhaustion. I mean, a lot of us get pretty pretty tired, but, uh, but, you know, that's what happens. You just accept it, and you just kind of keep going. And, and another thing I like about the camp is that nobody can really do the camp exactly as they want. Yeah. It, 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 the camp, you, you can't kind of dictate to the camp what your day is going to be like or what your week is going to be like things are going to come up you might get injured you might get sick you might get really tired and you're going to have to accept sort of your limits your limits are going to be a lot further than you thought they were but you're still going to have to have that element of acceptance and, and I think that is um, that's useful There's a, that element of maybe a little bit of humility and stuff uh, which serves people well on race day yeah. um, keeps things calm and then kind of keep things on an even keel through the through the through their event
0: so so you've done quite a few epic camps now obviously and what's some of the things you've learned by doing a lot of them you know a lot of people come and do one maybe two epic camps what are you learning now that you're maybe into your sixth or seventh epic camp
4: Oh, hey, uh, you crapped out on that one. Can oh, you sorry. Do that you've you've
0: done yet? a lot of epic camps, and um, a lot of people maybe do one or two, but you're maybe into your sixth or seventh epic camp. What are you learning yeah. from experience, you know, of doing a lot of them? What's Are you learning new experiences still?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, I it's the easiest way for me to do the training that, that I think is required to get fit. To do a, a, an Iron Man, there's no way that if I was by myself, I could do this kind of bike training. That I do this much swimming, the group environment, the point-to-point riding, the quality of the guys that are around me really helped me lift my game on the on the training side of things. So I think I get a, I get a huge benefit from the camps physically. Um, I, I think outside of sport i mean a lot of the guys that come back are are really some of my best friends now so it gives me an opportunity to meet new people i mean as a as an elite athlete you can be pretty one dimensional sometimes you don't you don't get a lot of new experiences and epic gets uh gets me a bit out of the box i meet some new people go to some new places and and that's one of the things that i really enjoy out of it um, and there's still physical surprises. I mean, I, I've, I've, uh, these climbs have been really hard. And just being able to just, you know, ride ride hard and, and kind of surprise myself with things that I can pull off um, when tired, too. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I talk about the guys getting are things that I'm still uh, learning from myself. And, and, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, this is, this is a nice way to spend a couple of weeks. Um, so you got four days to go you're looking forward to the last couple of days or four days yeah it's gonna. what we're going to try and do is uh, well Mike's talking about riding to Barcelona but other than that the rest of us are uh, going to try and consolidate a bit tomorrow we've got a special event planned for the afternoon Monica's going to give a swim session to the, the little swim clinic in the morning and then the day after is our games day which is normally a pretty low-key uh, affair, but pretty anaerobic. So, with the nature of the camp switches. So, what we do over, say, the first—I mean, this camp, the first eight days have been really endurance-oriented, a lot of moderately hard to hard on the climbs. Um, and now we're going to try and do some shorter events, go fast, um, and uh, and kind of enjoy ourselves that way. And then we got a few silly things planned as well, too. I think Johnny really likes speed mini golf, <laughs> so he's going to bring that back and. There's talk of some sort of taking us to a driving range or something, doing some golf event. Uh, I, I'm I'm not 100% sure of everything he's got planned, but he's been he's been dreaming things up over the last few days. So, so that should be fun. And then we just have uh, uh, and then day 11 and 12 are going to be just a couple of pretty solid days. But I imagine they'll be pretty low key because from a uh, from uh, all the. G- Jerseys and stuff will be pretty much sorted out by then but but you never know i mean it's a pretty tight battle for third place right now so those guys might be duking it out uh, on the way uh on the way back to poe and that could make things interesting
0: so who's winning at the moment who's what winning at the moment who's in first place
4: uh uh it's it's tied mike and i are are, are tied uh and uh, we we had a bit of a truce today because he was going to go out after we got back from just ripping this ride. He, he had run in the morning and I hadn't run yet. So I but I had swum six k and he he had only swum three. Yeah. So he, he was going to go out and run an hour forty-five. no, what was it? An hour forty off the bike. Yeah. And then I and then I was going to have to run an hour forty. So we did a compromise. We both just ran fifty minutes. So he did like what did he do? So he did. 2 two 50-minute runs today a 3k swim and a 180k ride where where he would have had i don't know three hours of tempo and an hour just under his threshold Wow! and then uh and then i i did something similar except i just had one run and i, I swam 6k to start the day
0: yeah crazy so, eh? so from here forward after yeah. epic camp what are you looking forward in regards to races got it
4: yeah, it's pretty straightforward actually. The nice thing about this is you throw this much training in your body. There's not a. You just have to make sure you get to your race intact. Uh, so uh, Monica and I are going to go to Paris for uh, an easy week, and then we're going to go do a two-week training camp uh, in France, still in the Pyrenees, but at the base of the Pyrenees, so I can change the nature of my bike training to uh, the flats because I think that's critical for Ironman racing. Yep. And then after that, uh, oh, and then to finish that training camp off, we're doing this really hilly duathlon, so it's like 10K hilly run, and then it's the bike ride goes over some sort of coal, and uh, then it's a flat 15 or 16K run, so it's a really good session for Ironman because you basically shell yourself and then try and run 10 miles fast on the flat. Um, and then and that I think that session is about five weeks out from Canada. Four weeks out from Canada, I'm going to do a uh, – Olympic distance race in Scotland, and then uh, basically just taper down. Uh, you know, kind of freshen up, try and keep things rolling with my swimming, and uh, just go a bit easy on the run so I'm not too beat up. Uh, so it's pretty simple.
0: I um, I read your race report from Brazil, and I, I thought it was a great race report, and. Um, I was just wondering, you had you. I just thought you could, if you could, share your insight on having a, a rest period, like a year. How you've had a year off, and as an Ironman, how that's been really good for you.
4: Yeah, I think that, that the whole the whole. Uh, I think people get caught up on kind of just doing race after race after race you know sort of two yep. or three ironmans a year and it's easy to especially when things appear to be going well to kind of just end up doing one ironman too many and so when and and i had a bit of that experience at the beginning of 2005 when when i didn't i hadn't really rested appropriately after my great race in canada in 2004 yeah and 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 i and i still had a good race in new zealand but i really paid the price after that and so i took a long break About seven months where i hardly hardly did anything at all and that was really useful for me because i got a lot done outside of triathlon um and i also found when i came back that you know things i mean where are we now it's july and i started training again in december so seven or eight months and i got most almost everything back i mean i'm not I'm not back to 100% of where I was, but, I, but I, got, I got a large chunk of it back very quickly. And yeah. I think many athletes uh, are sort of scared to take that long for break because they're going to lose the fitness and it'll never come back. But I think the trap you can fall into is if you're fried, you'll end up just sort of plateaued or stale, and you won't be able to take yourself to the next to, to your next kind of level. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think a break is 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 essential when you listen to guys like Mark Allen or Cameron Brown uh, athletes that have managed to stay at the top for a long long period of time and make continual progress in improving most of those athletes uh, have been pretty smart about taking their breaks Um, I mean a a classic example across a very long time period is uh, John Hellemans, who's you know still Ripping it in his 50s, but he's had a lot of periods where he took long breaks from structured training, um, and and that's enabled him a, a a very long career at a very high level. Yep. Um, you, just lastly,
0: you are you know you're not young as much as an Ironman as such. How are you finding the age process in, in line with that as well?
4: Are you talking about getting older? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> discreetly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I I um I still haven't really noticed the the effects all that much. Um, I've I've never had a particularly good tolerance for hard hard efforts and hard training, and that's probably due to the fact that I started athletics relatively late in life. Athletes that I know. That started as children or teenagers have a much better tolerance for the stuff that's over threshold. Yeah. Um, it might have something to do with my with with just the way I am. Um, so I haven't I haven't noticed a lot of the things that people talk about in terms of you know injuries and slower recovery and things like that. Um, but also I guess I'm I'm also willing to, you know, go really slow or get dropped and and. And I, and I try not to repeat the mistakes I've made over the years with you know frying myself. Um, so I suppose the main, the main thing is not so much I guess getting older, the main thing is learning to deal with the cycles of fitness which I think are, are, are natural. So the cycles of fitness through a year and the cycles of fitness year to year or across two to three years with fitness kinda of going up and down. Yeah. I think each year when we start our training um, the sessions that we remember are normally the best sessions of the the previous year, the sessions and the races that happened at the end of the year. So it can be tempting for athletes to get back to those really hard sessions and get back to uh, very hard structured training, and and uh, I think that that can be a mistake. So you can kind of think, oh, I've I've lost it. I'm not I'm not I'm not kind of where I used to be. Instead of being more patient with yourself and kind of building up to uh, building back up to that training over, you know, one or two years. I mean, I'm currently about seven months into an 18-month plan that I put together for myself to 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 kind of get back in, into decent shape. Yeah. Um, and and I'm willing to take a, a a long-term view on that. And that requires being pretty humble. Uh, I mean, this epic camp's going a lot better. The on the epic camp we had in January, I was starting with the A group every Day and basically as soon as we hit a hill, I got punched straight out the back, and so I was riding by myself most days. Uh-huh. Um, and that can be tough mentally, um, but once you once you just accept it, that that's the way it's going to be. And then you just kind of settle in and just do your own ride and enjoy it. Um, and this this time I'm a bit stronger, so it's actually it's a uh, it's a bit easier, a bit more fun when you when you're not kind of getting punched out all the time.
0: Okay, I can imagine. Hey, well, thanks for your time, Gordo, and uh, I probably won't get a chance to speak to you before Canada, so good luck over there and hopefully a really good race and uh, good luck for the rest of Epic Camp. Um, yeah, so thanks for your time. Thanks, Yeah, and I'll see you in New Zealand, maybe. Are you coming to New Zealand this year?
4: Uh, yeah, we'll do, we're going to be in Noosa for a couple months and then we're going to then we're going to head over for Epic.
0: Okay, well, I'll see you when you're over here and, uh, yeah, good luck. Thanks for your time, mate.
4: Okay. Thanks, mate.
0: Bye. See ya. Righty, guys, so that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed all the interviews, and big thanks to Ken Wallace, uh, Scott and Gordo for putting up their time to actually get us out there. The show notes are going to be up here today. I'm going to get onto it right now after this. And so check out the show notes on www.ironmantalk.com. Obviously, there won't be a lot of show notes for this week. But last week's show notes, which I didn't actually get round to doing because I was on holiday with my lovely partner, um, I'll put those up today as well. So all the links we talked about in last week's shows will be up. If you have any email questions, feel free to email us at ironmantalk at gmail.com. Um, next week's show we'll be back to the normal format and so check out all the stuff we've got lots of email questions to catch up on so we'll be covering all of those next week and so Matthew if you if you're Matthew sent us another email question throughout this week and so we might have to, if you want to do another one Matthew go for it and we'll have our three to catch up on also if you want to check out John's website it's uh, triathloncoach.net and uh, check out for him if you want to look for coaching he's a sensational coach I have to Put my plug in there, and uh, other than that, just you guys get out there and train well. I'm gonna do this work and I'm gonna go back to bed because it's way too early in New Zealand right now. All right, guys, thanks for listening. See you soon. Train well. Oh, it's gonna be a monster episode. That's oh, good, we don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sensational. There'll be no show notes.